It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? Welcome into the DMBR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. Hope everybody had a better Sunday than they did a Saturday. I did to an extent, you know, watching championship football, watched the Royal Rumble. I tried to watch it late last night, but fell asleep. Um, I'll give some thoughts on both of those at the end. Uh, I'm going to dive back into the numbers, kind of talk about some things that I wasn't able to hit on on the live show Sunday morning. I appreciate everybody that tuned in. Uh, Just a reminder, uh, this upcoming Thursday, DNVR Rams Live will be at 4 p.m. now. It'll be on uh, every Thursday at 4, and then it'll be Sunday morning still at 9.30. So just a a minor schedule tweak. I'm also going to get into a Mountain West update on this. I'll just kind of talk about some of the other action around the league this weekend. We're getting to that stage of the season where the title picture is becoming a a little bit more clear. So I'll just kind of set the scene. Really huge couple of weeks coming up for all of these top teams. And obviously a, a really huge couple of weeks coming up for CSU as well. At this point, it feels like the chances of contending for a regular season title have gone out the window. It's more about hopefully maximizing your position for a quality bid come NCAA tournament time. I know there's a lot of folks that have already given up the hope of going to the NCAA tournament. I think that's kind of wild. You know, I, I posted that stat that I talked about on the show this morning, and I wasn't surprised that some people tried to twist it and misconstrue it. All I did was point out that UConn went 31-8 and last year. They, they had seven losses in Big East play between the regular season and between the, the Big East tournament. They finished fourth in the league. They didn't win the league tournament. And then they went on to March Madness and won every game by double digits and route to a national title. Not saying that CSU was going to do that. All I was saying was that it is pretty common for good teams to have a tough stretch in a league that's as deep as you know, like the Big East was last year where the Mountain West is this year. Just so we're clear, I'm talking more about CSU's general struggles over the last couple of weeks when I talk about something like that. I'm not trying to excuse what happened in Laramie on Saturday. It was a collapse of epic proportions, and it it can't happen. I mean, you're up 11 with 55 seconds to go. It's a game you've got to win. Now, there were a lot of really bad calls that went against the Rams, and honestly, I did the, the live show this morning, and then I suffered through the rewatch this afternoon. Um, I'm 
I'm even more frustrated by the officiating after rewatching than I was uh, in the moment, which usually is, is not the case. Usually it's the opposite. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is the Rams got called for 25 personal fouls in this one, which is a lot. Uh, they gave up a season-high 29 free throw attempts. That's a, that's a big factor on the road. Wyoming, they only got called for 16 personal fouls. Every player that saw the floor for CSU committed at least one. Everybody but Kyan Evans had two plus, three guys, or four guys with three plus. Uh, there were just, there were some bad calls. And it was both ways. I mean, you know, Wyoming, like I said on the, the live show, I thought both of the flagrants against them were kind of ticky-tacky. But it, it's just, it, it's tough to win it when you have that many key calls go against you down the stretch. Now, part of being a winning program is you got to battle and adjust to the whistle. I get all that. You know, you make a couple more free throws, and we'll talk about that in a second here. You know, you still win even in spite of all the chaoticness. I just thought that when I rewatched it, Scott got hammered quite a few times and didn't get a call. Uh, Wyoming had some moving screens at the top of the key that were pretty persistent, didn't ever get called for it. Um, you know, the, the deflection, which took five minutes to review, how is that conclusive if it takes that long? And then, you know, Wyoming, they get the, the loose ball where the guy's halfway out of bounds. You don't review that after you review four other things and turn it in favor of Wyoming. It was just, if I was a CSU coach, I'd be pretty frustrated. And, you know, Medved, he's never the, the type of guy to, like, blow up on the refs publicly or anything like that. He's too classy. But I guess all I'm saying is, in addition to a, a whole lot of self-inflicted wounds, you know, a ton of errors and just a, a lack of general execution in the crunch time by CSU, you know, at the end of the day, as many debatable calls as there were, you know, it's still a game you were up by 11 with less than a minute to go. You have to win it, point blank, period. But unfortunately for CSU, just a couple of really untimely calls went against them and it really aided Wyoming's effort and they did a whole bunch of other things well in the process. So again, like I'm not trying to say it's all on officiating or anything like that, uh, but at the end of the day, the Rams, they got to figure out how to defend in these tight games, especially on the road without racking up the fouls and getting into foul trouble. He gave up 29 free throw attempts in this one. In the four league losses on the road, you've given up 18, 23, 23, and 29 free throw attempts. In non-conference, you only allowed Boston College to get to 20 free throw attempts. Got to find a way to stay out of foul trouble. Anyways, um, I'm going to give some more takeaways here. We're going to dive into some more numbers and, and general stuff like that. I'll give an update on the league before we wrap up. Uh, very briefly at the end with a couple of thoughts on the AFC and NFC Championship games, as well as the Royal Rumble. The last thing I wanted to say, though, before we get to the uh, the first break of the day, I've seen some pretty wild tweets and stuff regarding Nico Medved in this program. Guys, I understand the last couple of weeks have been disappointing. Like, this was a team that was good enough to win the Mountain West regular season title. And unfortunately, you know, they've very likely played themselves out of that, out of that uh, race. But the lack of appreciation for a really good coach that built this program from the freaking ashes is kind of astounding to me. I've, I've seen stuff like saying he should be on the hot seat. I've seen people basically taking victory laps over this struggle. I mean, 
I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest. Some of the behavior has been very fake. The same folks that were clamoring for a lifetime contract six weeks ago are now saying passive aggressive things like, should we even extend him in the first place? Or, you know, he's not even going to be able to get a big job. Like, I promise you, there are big schools around the country that are well aware of what Nico Medved has done, what he's capable of. And I don't know, like as much as we clamor for loyalty when it comes to coaches and players, loyalty is a two-way street. And if you're just going to jump ship after two, three weeks of struggle, it's just lame, man. Saturday sucked. It was a completely unacceptable way to lose a game to one of your biggest rivals. And I think I said on the live show this morning that, you know, along with the the Rocky Mountain showdown loss on the football side, I think we've, as fans, experienced a couple of the, you know, most traumatic regular season losses of certainly my lifetime. But at the same time, we have such a larger sample size over the last half decade of what this program is, what this staff is, who some of these vets are. I'm not saying that you can't be critical, that you can't be upset, that you can't be frustrated. But also keep some perspective. That's all I'm asking. Keep a little perspective. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. With Game Time, it's the easy way to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got tickets for the upcoming CSU home games. What's cool is you can get the views from your seat and the venues so you know what you're getting into before you even purchase. What's even cooler is Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you the complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. With zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats, but you'll get an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again, create an account, redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I also want to talk to you guys about High Plains Strains. They are the premier dispensary in northeastern Colorado. They provide top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. There are three High Plains Strains locations in Colorado, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. If you are in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering ahead online at highplainsstrains.com. Pick up conveniently where they have drive throughs I mean... We're in the future these days. Don't even have to get out of your car. Make sure you use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in store. Some of their deals include a full ounce for 80, Veritas 8th for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridge for 15, or Exquisite Extracts 4 for 40. Remember to use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. Take advantage of these high plain strains deals. All right, just a couple more takeaways from Saturday afternoon that I wasn't able to get to on the live show this morning. I did feel like the post defense. Although if you just glanced at the numbers, you wouldn't know this, but I I felt like early on it was pretty solid. I felt like they did a good job on Walters. They made it tough on him. I didn't think that there were like a ton of easy driving lanes or anything like that. But as the Rams got into foul trouble, and this is another reason why they've got to try and avoid this down the stretch, it did open some things up. And in the end, Wyoming finished plus 12 in points in the paint. 
was a huge factor. That and the free throws are pretty much what kept them in it. They didn't hit a ton of threes. They did hit one pretty late. Of course, Griffin, one of the best scorers in the conference, but after not hitting anything from deep all game, hits one with like 30 seconds left in regulation to put him up four. Got a little sidetracked there, but the the point of this was that I just want to see CSU attack the paint more. I liked Wyoming's plan down the stretch. I don't feel like they settled quite as frequently as the Rams did. They jacked up some threes too. That's what they do. They they tend to be one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country, and I think you got to credit CSU for, for defending the perimeter, particularly uh, early on. I think it's a big reason they were able to hang around just by starting the game three of 16 from the field. Talked about it this morning, so I'm not going to get too repetitive, but the slow starts, it, it, it's it's got to stop. Constantly trying to battle back from seven, eight, nine, ten plus, and it's just a really hard way to to make a living, especially in this conference where everybody's capable of beating each other. They've now shot 35% um, or below from deep in all four of their league losses. They've averaged 23 attempts from deep during that time. It was encouraging to see Patrick Cartier going 4 of 8 from, from deep in the loss, but everyone else was 6 of 21. Teams tend to shoot better at home, so you hope... You know, at Moby, although against a great defense like San Diego State, we'll see. But you hope that those numbers are a little more in favor of CSU. I do think Cartier hitting a couple of threes at the top of the key, that's huge. That opens up the spacing. Also hit a a corner three late. That was huge that he found his confidence, found his stroke again. Uh, But they need everyone else. You know, you need Neek, you need Lake and Josiah and all these guys to be a factor. Joe Palmer. I wouldn't say that shot selection as a whole is a huge problem for CSU, but as Medved said, as I talked about with Kevin Lytle uh, most recently, I I do think there are times where they could be just a little bit more picky. And one of the things I'd like to see them work on is trying to get some more post touches consistently. You know, Joel Scott has had some success these last couple of games. He's been getting to the line, which is great. That puts a lot of pressure on opposing defenses. Either he scores or he's going to get you into foul trouble. You know, Cartier is another guy who's so skilled down there. I'd like to see him get, you know, three, four post-ups a game. He's not going to bang down there quite as much as Scott will. But again, because of the skill that he has, he's probably going to score or get a foul and, and get you in trouble that way. So I just think the Rams could do a little bit better job of putting some pressure on on opponents that way in a way that their opponents have done to them. And then, you know, maybe it, it opens up some of the spacing outside and, you know, you're able to get some more space for some of these mid-range shots that, you know, Nick and Isaiah are so great at. And obviously the three-point shooting, you want to see them hit a little bit more consistently. Uh, but I just think they've got to try and get some some more post touches, some more just high-quality looks and really be picky because, you know, right right now they're just not knocking down these jumpers uh, they're not knocking down their their free throws either. 10 of 16 at the line. Some really untimely missed free throws late. You know, you, Neek makes, you know, two at the line. You know, Lake had a chance with, at a one and one. You, you probably win that game, even with all the craziness. Their numbers as a whole have not been bad this season, but it is a, a point that I made even early on in the non-conference slate that it has felt like, Clutch free throw shooting has not been a strength of this team at times. Even some of the guys that you would expect to, you know, really be great in those situations. So that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, that can really cost you six missed free throws in a game you lost by three on the road. 
The last things I'll kind of say here before we move on and get into the Mountain West update, and this is kind of putting a bow on everything we've already said, but Isaiah Stevens in these last two losses this week on the road, he was 11 of 36 from the floor, uncharacteristically inefficient. He also had to jack up a lot of shots late in both of these games. He missed four shots in overtime as well with tired legs. So, you know, if, if you take overtime away, it's more like 35%, which really, you know, when you factor in the fact that he also has 19 assists and should have more, some of these guys were knocking down shots. That's still pretty good. His struggle, quote unquote, struggle is still so much better than 95% of guards in the country. But he has missed a lot of shots that he tends to hit. And I think he would tell you that he needs some help offensively, though. You know, he needs some of these guys to knock down these shots along the perimeter because it's just going to open everything up for him. I do think getting more post touches like we just talked about can can do some of that as well. And, you know, hopefully get some you know opportunities where you're able to pick and pop and just get some guys in rhythm. But, you know, 11 to 36 from the floor, you're probably not going to win very many games if that's the case. And I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm putting it on him because, again, I think the bigger issue is that he has not had enough help consistently. Nee Clifford, he had a solid game. It was great to see Patrick Cartier back in the mix, uh, shooting the ball, Nick 13 points, 12 rebounds. Usually a double-double is a recipe for success, and I think it would have been had he not fouled out. Uh, but I, I do feel like really on both ends of the floor, in that overtime period, not having a guy like Neek who can just get to the rim and get free throws, potentially hit a big three, you felt that. And then defensively, you know, Cott goes wild in OT. That's a guy you could have put on him and had him guard him one-on-one. So, you know, all of these things have have kind of escalated together. You know, the foul trouble and the, the lack of missed shots, it's all kind of compounding. But you're going to need everybody to step up in this situation. It's the only way you're going to be able to play yourself out of this rut. There's still so much basketball to go as heartbreaking and frustrating and maddening as Saturday was. I mean, you've got a huge one coming up Tuesday against San Diego State. So don't throw in the towel just yet. You know, the, the reason I brought up the the UConn stats from last year was not to be like, see, they're going to win the national championship. But I do think people, especially that don't tend to follow like major college basketball is consistently. Maybe you watch the NCAA tournament every year, but I'm talking the ins and outs, you know, every Tuesday, Wednesday night, you know, in, in February, in December, watching the ins and outs. I don't think a lot of people understand just how much of a grind it is and how few teams go like 30 and two. And again, that's not to say that this whole period has been, you know, excusable. I didn't think they would lose all four of these first road league games. I also didn't think they would win much more than two of them. All I'm saying is you can't apply the same rationale or mindset of a football season as you do to basketball. The losses, they, they just don't equate the same. You've got so many more opportunities. And the other thing is, is with where the league is and in terms of the, the national landscape with how much respect it's getting right now, the Mountain West is getting, I think, a minimum of five teams in the big dance. If you finish fourth in the league, you're going to get in. This isn't the Mountain West of 2017, guys. Like, you've got to look at it in the perspective of this season. I think 2015 probably is still in the the back of everybody's minds, and it has us all a little bit weary, and I get that to an extent, but go back and look at that schedule. They didn't have the quality wins in the non-conference slate that CSU has right now, and when you look across college basketball, there are a lot of teams that are good, 
and they're struggling in good leagues. I mean, that, that's how this works, guys. I know the Mountain West didn't used to be like a high major, and I know it's not technically categorized as that, but in terms of the quality basketball leagues this year, it, it absolutely is. You know, the Big 12 is always top dog in my opinion, but you look at the Mountain West, it's way deeper in the Pac-12. It's deeper top to bottom than the ACC. Outside of what happened in Laramie, they don't have a bad loss on their resume yet. Now, they've got to figure it out. they got to get their act together here pretty quickly because the schedule's not going to get any easier. But again, like I said earlier, when it comes to the Medved stuff, keep perspective. Keep a little bit of perspective. All right, we're going to get into Mountain West updates, but I do want to shout out our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Beer has a beer for any occasion, and they make anything better, whether it's watching sports, hanging out with friends on the patio, you know, maybe you're working on the, the lawn. I guess it's not really lawn season, but you know what I mean. Breck Brew, they've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Some of my favorite include the Avalanche Amber Ale, Mountain Beach Sour. You can't go wrong with Fun Slinger. It's fun to say. It's fun to drink. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. I also want to talk to you guys about Fubo TV with 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. Fubo is the way. I'm telling you guys, you can stream live TV from any device. It's the best way to watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with just a free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You're going to get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. And it, it really is the best way to watch the local teams. You know, I got Altitude back finally. I can get CBS Sportsnet and, you know, FS1, FS2, everything I need to keep up with the Mountain West. I, I was watching, you know, some tennis and, you know, NFL, you know, it was great for red zone during football season. It's the bee's knees. Watch all of your favorite NFL action with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, we had the rare Sunday night Mountain West matchup. Really, uh, really pushed me here, made me stay up late to watch it and then record this. But New Mexico throttled Nevada. Uh, final score is 89.55. It was still going when I started this, but I figured it was going to be okay. Uh, you know, New Mexico was up like 14, 15 at halftime, and they just really ran away with it in that second half. New Mexico at the pit, they look like the 90s Bulls. Lobos have now scored 85 or more points in five straight games, a few of those away from home too, which is good. Uh, validates me putting them in the top spot of my power rankings last Thursday. It's going to be interesting to see between them and Utah State. They kind of look like the front runners as of now. Utah State pulled out a crucial comeback victory on the road over Boise State. Boise, much like CSU, missed some crucial free throws late. Ended up uh, costing them. It's cost them in a couple of home losses, actually. Um, I think Utah State would probably be the, the favorite to win as of now. I mean, the road wins over UNLV and Boise are massive. And from Boise's perspective, that really stings because at the time, you know, or at least going into that game, they were the only team that had a road victory over one of the top six teams. Now you lose that advantage. Now you've lost a pair at home to you know UNLV and now Utah State. Uh, it is a tough break for Boise. They've lost two out of three at home now after beating CSU. They have to go to the pit Wednesday night, so it doesn't get any easier for them. Uh, they then get Air Force at home. That's a game they've got to win before going to Fort Collins and Logan for back-to-back -back games against CSU and Utah. 
State. That's a really tough stretch. Finally, uh, UNLV, they pulled out the road win over San Jose State after getting murdered by Air Force. Air Force, after murdering UNLV on the road, proceeds to lose to Fresno State by double digits. Fresno State, again, everybody's kind of frisky at home. They had a chance to beat Boise State, and then they come back and beat Air Force. Uh, Fresno at UNLV Tuesday night. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there between a couple of inconsistent teams. Alluded to it before, but I really feel like over these next two weeks, we're going to kind of see the the contenders separate. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how these teams are able to handle the tough road stretches. You know, the Rams had one right off the bat. Um, they got to take care of business at home at this point. They got to find a way to steal one on the road too against, you know, like the Fresnos of the world. Uh, we'll see. We will see. I'll talk more about the San Diego State matchup here, probably tomorrow or Tuesday morning. Um, just before we get out of here, a couple of thoughts on the the sports world as a whole. Shout out to CSU women's basketball for getting the sellout, the victory over San Jose State. Nice response after losing to Wyoming as well, as far as the NFC and AFC championship games go. Heartbroken for Detroit, man. I, I love, I love. Kyle Shanahan and, you know, McCaffrey, John Lynch as a Broncos fan, you know, it's it's easy to pull for the Niners. But I just felt like Detroit as a city, they needed this. They deserved it, man. And it's been such a miserable existence for Lions fans. You're up 17 on the road. And as much as I do respect that Dan Campbell stuck to his principle, which if you are going to be one of those analytics guys, you you have to stick to it. You can't be Brandon Staley and just go in you know, whatever the, whatever way the wind blows, because that's not how the math works. You know, if, if you're using that as the, the basis of your decision making, uh, but it cost them the game. I mean, you had two opportunities to take points. And I think if you do that there, you're able to, to eke it out. And that stinks because he's, he's been such a fun story. They've been such a fun story. I'm glad they finally got a playoff win, but I think you got to feel sick to your stomach if you're a Lions fan. It it felt very CSU, if, if we're being completely honest. Like I was like, yeah, I, I think I've been through a, a game or two like that, Lions fans. So I'm sorry. I'll be pulling for the Niners, certainly in the Super Bowl. Can't, can't ever pull for the Chiefs, uh, but them winning is just, it's not surprising at all, right? They struggle all regular season, uh, but the best quarterback is still the best quarterback. And, you know, Mahomes is is doing Mahomes things. It feels like they always make the big throws when they need them. Uh, Marquez Van oh, Scantling, I can't pronounce his last name. Um, can't remember his last name. He he's had a couple of big catches to seal it late. Um, Lamar got significantly outplayed by Mahomes outside of catching his own pass, which was pretty cool. Again, feels very fitting. Sports are dumb. You know, everybody gives up on the Chiefs way too early. By the way, I was saying that. Even like in November, I was like, if the Chiefs get to the, the playoffs, they'd probably be my pick to win the Super Bowl. They are my pick. I think they beat San Francisco. I just, I got to go with the best quarterback. As much as I, I love San Francisco and what they're doing, I just, I, I can't pick against them. So that's where I'm at. I'm interested to watch that. Uh, the Royal Rumble was, it was pretty boring and predictable, honestly. Um, Bailey winning on the women's side, that was great. She's great lasted a really long time. I personally wanted Becky Lynch to win. The men's side coming down to Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, very, very predictable. Love Cody Rhodes so much. I just felt like everything that happened in that Royal Rumble was 
was pretty uh, predictable, just not a lot of surprise, which is usually the, the fun part about the Royal Rumble as far as the the triple threat or the fatal four-way, whatever it was, between Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight and um, fucking Randy Orton and AJ Styles, Roman reigning again is unsurprisingly, especially as an Uso, you know, saves the day, boring. And uh, Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens was kind of fun. Uh, but for a pay-per-view event, or like, you know, uh, one of the biggest events of the year, to me, it's like the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and SummerSlam. Like, those are the the premier ones. Eh, eh. And I know there's a lot going on um, with WWE outside of it. Um, and the whole Vince McMahon scandal, some really, really gross stuff coming out. kind of seems like that dude is an absolute monster. Um but we'll see what happens there. Anyways, that's my thoughts on everything that's happened this weekend. We'll have a ton of content coming out. My guy Ryan Green going to come up with me to uh, Fort Collins on Tuesday for a big game against San Diego State, State Pride Night, headband giveaway night. Don't give up on this team, man. They need you guys if they're going to have any opportunity. They need Moby to be a hostile atmosphere, especially watching you know the pit tonight is like, damn. So... A lot coming up. Um, appreciate all you for supporting the content. Hope everybody's feeling better than they did Saturday. That was brutal. And that was as brutal as it gets. But it's a long season. So we'll see what happens. Always proud to be. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she's rocking my tees, tucked into new Prada jeans. And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week. The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kind of ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions. And this is more about me and all of my self-deception. I'll tell myself a lie 100 times, don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days, they put a smile